Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. R. Spear. R. Spear. Welcome, everyone, to another episode on our Daily Creed podcast show. And today we have Henry Gaskins. He is a certified health and life coach, minister, and host of a Facebook weekly podcast, Crush Your Mountain. Henry has overcome many challenges in life, caring for two mentally ill parents, struggling to look after an adopted son while finding work away from the healthcare field, put him on the path to become a certified health and life coach. He founded Chrysalis Transformational Coaching Service, LLC. Upon being diagnosed as diabetic, Henry rejected the doctor's prognosis of needing to be on insulin for the rest of his life. He lost 20 pounds, created a workout strategy, and restructured his eating lifestyle. He created the CRUSH method to help himself and others improve their health, wellness, and personal growth. Henry's philosophy is simple. We are all in a state of becoming. The opportunity is to be intentional about the outcome. Welcome, Henry. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Looking forward to hearing your story and what you have to bring to our audience. Well, uh, well, I'm going to tell you, JR, this is a long time coming, and uh, you're an amazing guy yourself. I mean, we, in our, when you were on my show and we talked a little bit about, about your experience, you know, I never got it. I was, and I kind of relived it in my mind, just kind of being there, you know, over and over again. So now is a tremendous honor to be here. And with your audience, with your people, and hopefully I can give them a little bit of inspiration and encouragement and a little bit of insight as to what it takes to crush your mountain and be intentional about your outcome. Yeah, well, I love your mission. I love what you're doing, which is why I wanted you to have you on our show, because I know that anyone listening to you, your story and uh, the mission that you're on, they can definitely gain a ton of value that can definitely change and impact if they take the time to listen and and really uh, hear what you have to say. So thank you so much again for for being here. And uh, let's kind of start with what like your mission and what you're currently doing with Crush Your Mountain. And why don't you tell us a little about about what that is, your goal and what, what, what that's about and the type of people that you're helping. Well, the Crush Method is my way of helping individuals. It's a technique that I use to help individuals literally find where they are in life. Uh, what happens is so many individuals, either they are businessmen or they're individuals who are now embarking on a on a change in their life, and they're not sure as to what steps to take. You know, COVID knocked a lot of people for them, you know. We've had individuals who have been working at jobs all their lives or for many days, decades, and suddenly they have a pause, unexpected pause, and they say, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Or maybe I want to take my business in another direction and I don't know. Well, with the CRUSH method, it's CRUSH is an acronym that stands for Conceive, Commit, uh, Refine, and Rework, Undertake, Sustain, and Habituate. So with the, with the beginning of it, in terms of conceiving and committing, we actually go deep within. We do the inner work to really find and crystallize who you are, what that means for you, and how that translates into the road that you want to take. And once we have deciphered 
what that road is. Once we've, we've realized now what path you have to take, now we go through a process of actually committing to that because we have to visualize our outcome. We have to sit back and again, think about all the good things that we are going to reach in order to make it, in order to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I will do. In fact, one of the techniques that I try to do, work with individuals on is having them visualize themselves, sort of step out of their bodies, as it were, become their future selves, and then look back at the person who's in the chair mm. and say, what are you saying to that person five years from now? You are now five years in the future looking back at the person in that chair, what are you going to tell them about your journey, about your success, about what you have done at this point in life? And now I want you to commit to being that person five years from now. Now take the steps to make that happen. Now you've had that commitment. We move into refining and reworking because your outcome does not have to necessarily be that first concept. Because things happen. We realize that there are setbacks. We realize that there are adjustments that need to be made. That's when it's time to refine and rework. We haven't even committed or we haven't even embarked on the road, so to speak. But we have actually now written out the the possible and the probabilities that can happen that might either stop us or reroute us. Because in truth, in life, life is like a river. Time is like a river. And when you think about a river, nothing stops a mighty river. It just reroutes. And our, our perspective has to be that way as well. So we refine, we rework, and we continue to move forward. And once we have that confidence, now my goal is to sustain, to, to support you in your undertaking of your task. I facilitate if there are resources that you need, I would go, I get them for you. If there's a moment of crisis where we need to talk and refine or rehash things, I'm here for you. If we need to take you through the steps of visualization again, I'm there through that journey. And then we sustain your work and your efforts, everything now that is in place. We go ahead and we sustain and help you to keep it going. And then we habituate so that you can re- sit back again and to commit on your own, conceive on your own and keep things going. That is the crush method. I've had a lot of success with individuals. One of my um, clients is a scientist from NOAA who we took him through the process. His goal was specifically in terms of losing weight and building muscle. And through the process, we were able to help him to lose 25 pounds, put on some muscle. Even his ex-wife said, wow, he's looking good. And I said, great, but now it's too late. You done left him, huh? <laughs> you know, you see what I'm saying? So the thing is, he's joyful, he's happy, and he's moving forward. Another young lady, she is a um, professor up in, um, up in New York City in the Devils College. And she likewise was dealing with, in terms of finding a way of refining her life in terms of the divorce, in terms of also the eating habits that she adopted. And through this process, she was able to embark on a daily program of exercise, 
of focusing on who she is, where she wants to be. And now she's part of the team. She's actually part of the massage therapy aspect of things, because that's one of the things we offer to some of our high-end clients over there, up there in New York and New Jersey, that area, Long Island, those areas where she actually helps them to, to rest and digest by means of putting them in a hypnagogic state through the, through the power of massage. She's doing tremendous work in, in that area. And though, so these are some of the things that I do. Uh, my story where I got through this, you know, I've been through my own challenge. And I started out in the healthcare field. In fact, as a kid, my mom actually had me volunteer at the VA hospital, at the uh, United Cerebral Palsy, and that was going to be the goal. I started to move into gerontology with a view to geriatric health with a view to um, nursing home and hospital administrations. But as time went on, JR, my mom was diagnosed schizophrenic. And throughout our lives, there was a point where she was very functional. But throughout our lives, um, I grew up. In a, in, in, in a world where it, it was almost like a, a James Bond movie. Yeah. I don't know. You seem like a young man. Do you remember the, uh, the movie called, not the series, but a movie called In the Heat of the Night? Oh, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now, Sydney, now they did a, a, at least one or two movies as a series, as a, uh, as, as a um, um, sequel. Okay. And one of them was called The Organization. Well, if you watch that show, it was a very dark um, movie, actually. Uh, but when it must have affected her so much because the things that she began to to believe, the things that she uh, it, it was very similar to that. There was some amorphous organization out to get us. And I lived that. I grew up in that. That's one of the ch- challenges that I had to personally crush. I had to conceive of doing that. Um, in the meantime, my poor dad, I loved him very much, but he suffered from depression. And this is at a time when depression is not quite known. And furthermore, you think about the African-American community, uh, that's something that is was not even conceived of or even addressed within that community. So we had to do, I, I wound up having to take care of both of them and look after both of them in many different ways. And some of the slings of our, and arrows of outrageous fortune dealing with the you know, psychological abuse from one and then the, the fantasies and fears of the other. But the bottom line is that with my faith, I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses and I've, uh, and I've worked hard to to adopt my uh, adopt my faith in my life in so many different ways, and that saved in so many different ways because I had a wonderful family, that spiritual family that kept me moving, kept me motivated. Fell in love with a gorgeous woman, beautiful woman, uh, who kept me on her toes, on my toes. And uh, then her father was the person who really helped me. He was the aspect of the father that I needed. And he was a tremendous guy, Jack was. And so in the meantime, I wound up finding a young person. In fact, it was my sister-in-law's grandson who needed a father. And it's in me to be 
a father to others. And so I took him in at the age of two and worked with him and tried to teach him the lessons. And to this day, he calls me daddy. He knows I'm his great uncle, but he calls me dad. You know, all of these learnings and then going to school and working and you know, taking, taking the, the, the courses and the doing the coursework, and then eventually looking and supporting congregations, giving talks, meeting individuals that that are, are either lost or at least they've lost their way. It helped me to appreciate that everyone is in that state where they're constant flux, they're constant becoming. They know that they may want to do something. Oftentimes, they may not know what they want to do. And I reached a point, J.R., where I'm here and I'm doing my, 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 my congregation work. I'm also working full time. The COVID did not stop the company that I was with. But what, it, but what happened was I knew for myself that I don't want to do that the rest of my life. I moved from, I moved from, from working in the healthcare field to working in the um, logistics and supply chain field. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you know, I like being busy. I like working with 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 the different companies to make sure that our our raw materials are are, are coming, making sure that the raw materials are in line, and making sure that our, our customers and clients overseas and parts of Asia and other areas are receiving what we need for testing and things like that. I love all that, but guess what? A part of my own soul is dying because. I am becoming, I know I have more. I have creative abilities. And I also, more importantly, I don't want to help things. I want to help people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. During that time, I wound up going to the doctor. I'm always, I'm always been a healthy type of guy. I try to take care of myself, you know. But I go to the doctor. Doctor comes and he says, Well, Mr. Gassins, I got something to tell you. You're not only pre, you're not only hypertensive, but you're pre-diabetic, which was a shock to me. I always gone to the gym and things like that, but I had noticed that I wasn't feeling all that great going to the gym. You know, I just couldn't figure it, feel, you know, finish the workout at some times. I get there and I'm like, okay, I go and do my thing. Then I look at the weights, I look at the people, and you know, you know, the last thing you want to do is 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 look at all these beautiful people and realize you're not all that beautiful, <laughs> right? But, you know, keeps you humble, <laughs> right? But I wasn't feeling all that great. The energy wasn't there. And so here the doctor explained it and said, but but don't worry. Yeah, you're pre-diabetic. You're going to be diabetic. It happens. It's natural. It runs in the family. And, you know, uh, you know, you, you, it's often when you're African-American, it's going to just happen. So we've got a trick for that. We're going to give you insulin and we're going to put you on metformin and you'll be just fine. You can live a nice, happy life until you die from it. Mm. Here's the challenge with that. A couple of things. When I was in the healthcare field and I was a recreational activity therapist in the largest nursing home in the city, in the eastern seaboard at the time, it was a 900-bed facility. You know, you become very close to the residents there. I was a single guy. And like I said, my mom wasn't all that well. So a lot of, there were a lot of folks that became quote unquote mothers or grandmothers to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of them was named Anna, beautiful lady. And um, she, 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 she spoke Yiddish. And she always tried to teach me some sort of Yiddish, which I never learned. 
you know. But what was interesting was that we were really close. I always come over. She always wanted to give me a big hug. And she was diabetic. And so one day I come into work and I go up to make my rounds. And I noticed that Anna's not in her. And she, I went and I asked the, the, the head nurse, where's, where's, Miss, where Miss, where's Miss Anna? And he says, no, don't worry. She's going to, she's, she's going out there taking care of her. They're helping her with her diabetes. I said, okay, well, maybe that means she's going to be good. You know, there's a kill. At the time, I didn't really know anything about it. And so a few days later, she comes in. And I remember it distinctly because it was winter and it had been cold and rainy. And so they had it covered up and they brought her in. Of course, she was already always in a wheelchair anyway. And they brought her in and she looked horrible. She was pale. She was, her, you could just see that there was this absolute dejection and, 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 and depression in her face. A certain resignation of something that was irreversible. And I came in and um, I went to talk with her and she grabbed my hand and she just started to cry. And then I looked down and saw that both of her legs had been removed. She didn't last long after that, not too much longer, because the pain had been taken away in so many ways, mm. but the life had been taken away. And I think about my dad, you know, who, when I was a kid, he you know, I wanted to have weights and not everyone understood the fitness world at the time, the bodybuilding world at the time. I'm not a bodybuilder, but I like some weights. And I always wanted to have that superhero look, you know? And so I started to exercise and things like that. And my dad made fun of me. And when I bought my first weights in the house, he wouldn't let me keep them in the house. He made me put them in the garage so I would have to go outside to work out. Needless to say, my mom at this time, they're coming to kill us. So she begged him and pleaded, please bring let, let him, I don't want my boy to get killed out there. Because in her mind, the, 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 the amorphous group, it could have been the CIA, the Rastafarians, what have you, were going to come kill me and the rest of the family. So I brought my weights in and I would work out, but dad would make fun of me and make me feel bad about trying to take care of myself. Well, fast forward a couple of decades later and my dad had left New York. I got married and left New York and um, I noticed that he wasn't doing that well. And we moved down to stay with him just to try to help me get better. And we couldn't stay with him because he was just that bad off mentally. Mm. And we moved to a different place. Well, September of that year, this is 98, my dad left his brand new home. Well, it wasn't brand new, period, but it was new for him, you know, compared to where we grew up. Beautiful five-bedroom ranch. He left that house never to return. And uh, one of my fellow ministers had come to me and said, you know your dad's in the hospital? I said, what? So I rushed to the hospital. And the doctors say, your father, and this is the man who mocked me and made fun of me, called me all sorts of names for trying to take care of myself. This is the man that, in spite of the love that I knew he had and I had for him, did things that ran us out of the house. This man fell victim of renal failure, kidney failure. He had to have seven days of dialysis. And then for the rest of his life, which was not long after that, just six more years, he had to be on dialysis, all due to the diabetes 
And I remember those days when the doctors would give him insulin. And he would say, oh, the doctor said if I lose his weight, he could take me off the insulin. Little did they know at that time that insulin being a growth hormone actually helps you put on weight. It signals the body to put on weight. So it's a losing battle. You ever see those commercials for pre-diabetic, diabetic or diabetic people, did you know, do you notice that they're always overweight mm-hmm. and they have to take insulin? See, so knowing all this, thinking about my my father's situation, thinking about Anna, who, who, who I love dearly, I said to myself, there's no way I'm going to go on insulin. And I went ahead now. And that's when I decided to crush my own mouth. I had to conceive of a way of beating this illness. I had to conceive of a way of reversing it and getting better. I had to commit to that way because it it was not going to happen in three days. It's not going to happen in three months. I had to refine and rework the way I decided that I was going to eat, the way I was going to sleep, the way I was going to examine my life to see what things raise my glucose, raise the cortisol, put me in that fight or flight mode that many people are in. And business individuals are often in that state because they've got to get things done. They've got to move forward. They have to do, they have to manage the bills. They have to manage the crises. There's always a fire to put out. And oftentimes they cannot find a way of bringing it down. And I had to figure all of those things out just for myself. And I had to undertake and say, this is what I am doing. So I created the YouTube channel, Crush Your Mouth. And you can look up Henry Gaskins, Crush Your Mountain. I'm on YouTube. I have a weekly podcast. That's where you were. And I decided not to just deal with health, but not just getting healthy, but wellness as a whole and personal growth. Because the fact of the matter is that in pre-diabetes and diabetes, they're not just a, a, a medical issue. It's a lifestyle issue. There are things that we do and there are ways that we are being that put us in this state. And so I decided to create this channel and invite individuals in. And in the interim, I decided also, because like I said, it's, it's more than just uh, just a doing. There is a method to this. And that's where the crush became an acronym of conceive and commit, refine, rework, undertake, sustain, habituate. I began to sustain all the things I learned. So to the, even today, I do things. And strangely enough, there are things that I do now that I'm nearly 60 years old, but I couldn't do when I was 30. 25. I get up at four every morning. I do a hundred push-ups, boom, nonstop, one to a hundred. And I there turn around and do some knee tucks. And I turn around and grab my my my, my dumbbells. All of this is in is is before I even take a shower to go to work. And I am happy to say that in my habituating, what I have done, what I do, who I am, and change my eating lifestyle. My doctor just said. Well, Mr. Gasson, I, I I don't I don't get it. Maybe it was just a glitch, you know. Maybe that's what it was. It was just a glitch. But your numbers are not consistent with a diabetic. He couldn't say, well, you're not. you he, he he couldn't say you're no longer diabetic. He has to be very careful. You see, because this is something. He's like, I haven't seen this before. Normally, we 
So we, we I got put you on insulin, and 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 then that, you know, mm-hmm. I said, well, Doc, guess what? Not only did I beat it with the help of Jehovah God and in the name of the Son Christ Jesus, not only did I do that, but guess what? I'm not going to take business from you. I'm going to make your business easier. I'm going to help others to look at themselves, look at how they are being, look at how they are eating, look at how they are sleeping, and help them to get to where I am so that they could come to you and you could tell them, well, your numbers are not consistent, you see. Mm. So I became a certified health and life coach. And in the meantime, my training as an elder helped me to work with individuals specifically in the realms of life and struggle and circumstances, dealing with relationships, dealing with dealing with trying to help kids, dealing with trying to just cope with life as it help, as a whole, helping them to sit back and go into themselves, get in touch with their bodies, get in touch with their surroundings, becoming mindful of where they are and learning to bring their bodies down. The, you know, there's the CNS and there's the, well, there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. And the autonomic nervous system is this wonderful thing that regulates our bodies automatically, pretty much. And so when we step into something in front of a bunch of people, okay, that sympathetic nervous system kicks in and we, our blood sugar raises, we get a little, we might get a little nervous or what happens oftentimes is that blood sugar raises, if you're used to being in front of people like I am, speaking in front of 50, 100, 1,000, 200, 2,000 people or more, you have a heightened sense of awareness. Well, your blood sugar raises. that. I help individuals to lower that. I teach them techniques in order to lower that. One of the things that we can do, you're, okay, you might have learned this in the military. Did they teach you box breathing? Uh, I mean, you, you learn a lot of breathing techniques depending where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do the we do a lot of box. We do the I do the box breathing, and the other thing that happens is in the course of our discussion, many times we experience the pain of emotion, and I help individuals to not just to do the breathing, but also to do the release of pain by identifying that emotion in the body. I forget the author's name, but there's a fairly recent book that's called The Body Keeps the Score. And that's a very true thing. And when you talk about things, we can actually feel that emotion coming up. And then we, I take them through a moment, a, ser- a, a, a series where they can identify where they feel that pain and reduce that pain. I had an interesting uh, thing come up. One of the, uh, one of the um, FedEx, Guys, I could tell when he was coming in that something wasn't right because he there's a specific location where they're supposed to pull into and back into. He pulled in right beside it, and I could tell he was the way he was driving. He pulled in right beside it. His name was Mark, and and, and when he opened the door, I, I came up to him. I said, Mark, what's up, man? What's going on? And he was like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just not myself. I said, what's going on? Because it took him a while to just come back to the door. Normally, we talk. It took him a while to just go come to the the, 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 the uh, back of his vehicle, open it up, and um, start you know talking and pulling out his stuff. 
Well, he told me what the problem is. And he didn't have a lot of time, but I, I just told him, gave him the things of what to do. The first thing I did with him is I helped him to say, I helped him to say, look, well, I told him specifically, go on, pull on over the side of the road. Because first of all, at your state, you keep going the way you're going, you're going to have an accident and you don't need that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull over on the side of the road. I want you to turn everything off. Open your window a little bit. Let the air come in. Sit back. Inhale for five seconds. Hold it for five seconds. And exhale. And as you feel yourself coming down, feel now where your frustration resides. Feel now where your pain is, the frustration of dealing with the person, the frustration of dealing with the anger. The frustration and pain of dealing with the fears that you that, that, that you feel are the probable maybes, the repercussions that may come as a result. I want you to feel where that is. And when you find it, point to it, put your finger on it. Keep breathing as you do that. And now when you've identified where that pain is, go into that, that center center of the storm of that pain, the eye of the storm of that pain, the very, the very deepest part of the deepest part where you have that pain. And as you're doing that, you send that pain love. You send it love. You send it peace. You send it love and peace. That pain is telling you something, that there may be something missing. There may be a need there. And it's not the other person. They just triggered that. Understand it and thank that pain for telling for for making itself manifest. Mm. And as they go into that, invariably they feel that pain diminish. They feel the pain shrinking. Sometimes I want I ask them to think about how much of that experience, how much of that emotion, how much of that thought, that concept, that's that monkey on the back, how much of it is really yours? Mm. What percent? Sometimes they think, they, well, 30% is not even mine. Well, 90% is not even mine. It might be just 10%. So now I want you to take that time. Imagine yourself in front of one of those big old hams. Well, you can choose any sort of meat that you want. But you know that ham's got a lot of big fat around it before you get to that red meat. Mm. Now I want you to imagine that you are just peeling back all those layers of fat. Just peel those layers of fat back. And take that. And that little red part of there, that is the core of who you are. It's not the fat. It's not the pain. You take that back. And you imagine now taking that and just throwing it as far away from it as possible. Feel it, see, feel it in your hands. See it going away. Oftentimes, I'll tell them, say, in the case of my dad, the technique I learned, because for the longest time, you know, he was a big guy, you know, almost six feet. And he used his size to kind of intimidate. And so one of the techniques that I adopted for myself was imagining him and seeing him in my mind, slowly shrinking, shrinking down, shrinking down, shrinking down. And as I saw him shrinking down, I began to hear in my mind, imagine the sound of a car. You know, the old carnival with the, with the calliope and everything else. And here he is shrinking down, shrinking down. And then I saw him in my mind. And you can do this with any, any intimidating person in your mind. 
and I saw him in my mind. And here he is now, two feet shorter than I. And all of a sudden, a big little, a big red nose pops up. Boop, and then one of those conical hat, caps pops up. And instead of the big, loud voice that scared me to death, this little tiny Felix the Cat sounding voice, Mike, um, uh, Mickey Mouse sounding voice comes out of me. Those techniques worked for me. But the driver of that truck, going into the pain, going into the challenge, cutting away the fact. I saw him the next day he came back. He said, man, you don't know what you did for me today. He said that I was able to make it through the day. I was able to go home. I was able to reach out to the other person. I was able to tell him, it's not you. It's not you. And that made me feel grand because I work with individuals who are paying off. And to help them to distance themselves and to really examine what it is that's troubling them, cutting that away, moving through that, giving the love to the pain that's identifying for you what your challenge is, allows them to understand where they are becoming more and what they need to do to become more. And so it's such a wonderful thing that uh, that I, I'm grateful that I've made this journey. I'm making this journey. And I love to do what I can to help others to get to that point, too. You know, it's, it's just a, it's great to see so many individuals too, that, that, that are able to not just lose weight or, in some cases, uh, like my, my little girl, Angela, she's a doll. She, if there was anyone that's, that, that could be a real-life Tinkerbell tink, tinker, tinker fairy, she has the voice for it. And she's such a delight, very, very pretty and joyful. But she had sleep challenges. And so we worked through that and conceived of a way that she could commit to finding the best way of sleeping in all of her busyness. And her health has improved, and her weight has improved, and she's exercising more. So these are things that I do. I work with individuals. And, you know, it could be three months, six months, nine months, or a year. It all depends. And depending upon where they are, you know, like um, I have individuals that will work with me to help them to find ways of reducing their stress and glucose and putting them in a rest and digest state. And, you know, these are the things that uh, I'm grateful to help individuals. That's powerful. And you got definitely a ton of things that you just shared to unfold. And uh, it's definitely a hard act to follow. But there's a there's a couple two main things that I think it boils down to that really helps people get what they want based off what you said. And it starts with understanding your purpose and your identity, because like your purpose, if you can't, and I, I feel like the majority of society struggle so much with this and why they never even get ahead in life, because they just go through the day to day monotonous schedule of wake up, go to work, do the things, take kids to school, whatever it may be. But they don't really have that driving force that gives them the fire to want to show up and do the things of why they do what they do. Like you found your purpose. You found the reasons why you're doing what you're doing and why you're so passionate about it and why you continue to serve people and do that. And that's why, you know, from the, from the veteran community, why suicide rate is so high. 
Because when Marines mm-hmm. and sailors or soldiers or, or, or airmen, whenever or any any veteran gets out and they take off that uniform for the first time, they lost the sense of identity. They lost the purpose of who they are. And it's so hard to get back that if you don't even know who you are, then why, what reason do you have to live? So I love your crush method and what you're saying. And, and, and like you say, helping people find where they are in life. And then not just that, but where to actually thrive. And I, I mean, all this, I don't need to recap all the stories that you just said, because you gave so much in so many different scenarios, but it's definitely powerful stories that can really drive someone to be able to do it. And I know that there's so many people listening to this and what you just had to share that they can relate to on some level and need that help to be able to get there. And finding that purpose, finding that identity is what's going to be that driving factor. So thank you so much for giving the powerful message. I mean, you you definitely shared a ton. And I, I know just listening to it, it was like, man, you know, what's next? So like, how, how, how can we figure out like going through the situation, taking the breaths, figuring out you know, where they're currently at in their situation. How can I become better? How can I get out of this, this monotonous schedule or doing the things that I don't enjoy doing and actually thrive in the things that I'd love to do? And that's what you do. And you, you've shown and proven through your stories that you just shared. So you already given a lot about what your creed is and your mission, your purpose and what you're doing, but let's kind of recap uh, kind of briefly. What is your creed? Meaning what is the one thing that you are most committed to that you're going to be resilient even through the most difficult times? Showing up every day, giving your best and having the mental and physical discipline to complete your mission. So Henry, what's your creed? Simply this, that we're all in a state of becoming. The challenge and opportunity is to be intentional about our outcome. We, I am one. That it's kind of like the old this this a song by a, a group called Nine Inch Nails that and, 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 and Johnny Cash he put a different spin on it and I thought it was so beautiful the way he did it because we, we, when when the group did it it was about self mutilation but when Johnny Cash did it it's about a reflection on his life and the, and, the, and in the song he says what have I become mm. and when you think about that you realize that all of us should ask ourselves this question. It's not about being proud of who you are. It's about being proud of the the opportunity Mm. to be better than you are. They say that our bodies shed cells so that every seven years, you're essentially a brand new person. Even if you are getting older, you're still a brand new person. So you're in that state of becoming on a biological, a cellular level. Why not be intentional? about who you will be in the seven years, in the seven months, in the seven days. Mm. Why not take that time and be intentional? You know, let's go from point A to point B, you know, because it's happening anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 it. That, that's it. I, so and I just try to support people the best way I can. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're an amazing speaker and storyteller, and, and keeping keeping the listeners engaged. And uh, that's a gift that I just noticed by listening to you speak. So I appreciate, I appreciate that while while you're speaking, and uh, it, it kind of took me back to my childhood. My grandfather was reti- he passed away this past February. But he was uh, he was retired Navy. And Mm -hmm. and I just remember sitting down and him always sharing some story. And it just kind of you get memorized in it and just kind of, man, I want to know more. I want to know what's going on. And that's kind of how I felt and just kind of where I was picturing as I'm listening to what you're saying and what you're doing and the life experiences, because that's how we learn. We learn from other stories and other people's stories and how we can you know continue to get better. That's how businesses develop. Businesses develop by taking what someone created and turning it around and making it better. So 
you uh, you definitely have a gift and you definitely are uh, amazing what you do. And I know that there's people listening out here that can benefit from what you have to offer. And if they want to be able to get in touch with you and be saying, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this and I want to I want to know how to move forward to the next step with you and your help. How would they get in touch with you? Well, you can reach me on Instagram at uh, uh, Diabetes Weight Loss, or that's one of my accounts, Henry Gaskins on Diabetes Weight Loss. Just put in Henry Gaskins, you should just see both two of them. The other one is, is Crush Your Mountain, or you'll see it at Hankster OG. Uh, the OG stands for old guy because I, because I ain't getting any younger. And so, you know, it's, that's, that's what I, those are those two. Uh, you can come to my Facebook group, you know, join the Facebook group. Come in. I have a live uh, Facebook podcast, weekly podcast, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. You know, and, and if you come in, just say, hey, just do a friend request. I will not reject you. I, I, I'll pull you right in. And the cool thing about the, the um, Facebook group is that you get a chance to kind of see the behind the scenes all, 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 all the warts and wrinkles of, of the show and how I kind of get things started off. Barring that, if you just want to jump on, just want to see um, the, the stories of individuals or great information on health, wellness, and personal growth, you can come to my YouTube channel, Henry Gaskins, Crush Your Mountain. Uh, the fantastic thing about the YouTube channel is that only fairly recently has it become a weekly podcast. And so I have content going back to uh, 2019 when I first started. And you can see my journey as it was and how I was able to um, begin the steps of reversing the type 2 diabetes with my first, first episode. Because by that time, I was able to say at the end of that video that I had gone, my, that my blood sugar was at one point well over 300 consistently. And I dropped it down to a consistent 93 and that was a, that was my very first episode and since then i've had uh, doctors on and i've had uh, geneticists on and scientists on to talk about a number of different things coming up i've got um karen krishnan that's uh, that uh, we're discussing when would be the best time for him to come on the show and he's going to talk about your microbiome and how that affects your body, affects your blood sugar, affects even the perhaps even the way you think at times, what things you can eat to increase your microbiome. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I had Dr. Sharon uh, Palencia Desai, Sharina Palencia Desai. She is the, um, the head scientist of autophagy out at the uh, University of New Mexico. And we talked again about, about autophagy and how that helps the body to get younger. Uh, we have so many individuals. Just last week, we had a young lady, um, Carrie. She kind of talked about her life and the experiences in terms of marriage and things of that nature, the, 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 the horrors that she experienced. And the abuse, it kind of triggered me because I, I, I really um, have a very strong value and love for, for, for the sanctity of women, you know. And so mm -hmm. that kind of triggered me there. So I, I, wanted, I, I kind of left a little Instagram message as far as how God views women. You know, he didn't declare, declare the earth perfect until he did. He created women. So, you know, that's 
that's something I did, but you can, again, find me in those areas. Um, and I really hope that uh, anyone that needs support in terms of reversing type two diabetes, losing weight, building muscle, building confidence in, in through, through building muscle, uh, all those things I do. And the, 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 uh, the company itself is one that's actually developed and growing. It itself is in its chrysalis state. It itself is in a growing way and becoming even more and greater. So, uh, you know, we, who knows where things will end up with that, but uh, you can find me on a, a number, but still even more areas. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I'm also developing the alignment, uh, um, alignment.com, which is more of a local thing here in the city of Oaks, which is Raleigh, North Carolina. Finally, if you really want to reach me directly, um, you can always DM me on Instagram or Messenger, but I always, I'm happy to give you my company number, which is 434-218-4198. Again, that's my company number, 434-218-4198. Give me a call, send me a text. And uh, even if you just need to just chat for about 20, 15, 20 minutes, just, just, to, just to get some perspective. You know, I'm happy to take the time as long as I'm available. Very cool. And we'll definitely be posting all your contact information with your links inside of the show notes. So anyone will be able to get that and watch the replay. And uh, so they don't have to think about memorizing or for everything you say. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it, Henry. Thank you so much for jumping on here, sharing your story, talking about uh, what you do. And uh, I know that the listeners gain a ton of value. You definitely shared a lot. And uh, I'm definitely blessed and thankful to have you on our show. So audience, hey, thank you so much. Go ahead. And JR, I just want to say this because I always say that, tell everyone this, don't just climb your mountain, crush through it. And we'll see you next time. That's what I say. Awesome. Well, everyone, until next time, simplify. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with JR Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at FitProFunnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear.